Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and we are right in the middle of a series called Who's in Your Circle? A look at the different relationships that impact and influence how kids ministry leaders lead and the relationships that help them lead for the long haul. If you haven't gone back and listened to the first couple episodes, I highly recommend it. In today's episode, we are talking about a unique relationship, but one that is crucial to Sunday mornings. We are talking about the relationship between a kids ministry staff or leader and volunteers. We cannot do Sunday mornings without volunteers, and that relationship matters. And so I decided to invite some of my friends, Lindsay and Sarah, to join me on the podcast to talk about their experience as volunteers in a kids ministry inside the local church. They both have been serving for many, many years and in my opinion, are some of the best volunteers that I get to serve alongside on a Sunday morning. And so it was so fun to hear their experiences, but also their insights, what it looks like to be in a relationship with a kids ministry leader. What do they like about it? What seems tricky? And of course, we talked about how to appreciate your volunteers well. You guys are going to love the insights that they share, and you're just going to love them as people because they're some of my favorite volunteers and some of my favorite friends. So as a way to help you think through your own relationships, don't forget, we've got a who's in your circle guidebook. And inside the guidebook is space to write notes, thought-provoking questions, and a space for you to think through your next steps as you choose which relationship needs the most attention in this season. You can head to the show notes to click the link to get your guidebook today. But before we jump into my conversation with Lindsay and Sarah, I want to give you a one-week notice. Cohorts begin next week, and it is almost full. And so don't forget to sign up for the three cohorts that we have this spring. We have a kids ministry, a student ministry, and a next-gen leader cohort. Yes, get the whole family ministry team trained up and equipped and encouraged to do their job better this spring season. You can head to kidsministrycircle.com to sign up. Lindsay and Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, so to do a quick little introduction, this we're in the middle of a series called Who's in Your Circle? And we're talking about the relationships that shape and influence kids ministry leaders, how they lead, and ultimately how they can lead for the long haul. And so today I am so excited because you guys are talking about volunteers and volunteers is such a crucial relationship that kids ministry leaders have. And both of you are volunteers. And so I just think you guys are going to bring so much wisdom to the conversation on what it actually feels like to be a volunteer. So why don't you kind of kick us off or I'm going to have you introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll dive in so people can kind of get a voice to a name and all that fun stuff. So Lindsay, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what was my, what, what did I need you to answer? I need you to answer, oh, why you like serving in the local church. <laughs> That's good. I can answer that. Um, uh, my name is Lindsay and I grew up in the Texas area and I've always grown up in church. Um, I was a first grade teacher for 14 years, so I love being with kids uh, in any context, they're just really fun. And uh, recently moved to Colorado and moved actually for the church um, and switched careers. And so now I'm a financial planner, because that makes sense. Um, so I have always um, valued serving in the church. I think I've just always grown up doing it, which is part of it. So it's been modeled for me. Um, but I also 
I think it's important because I just believe it's an aspect of obedience. Um, and so God calls us to do that. And so I think it disciples us to be more like Christ, um, helps us learn how to live sacrificially, helps us to be more dependent, oh, fly. <laughs> helps us to be more dependent um, and rather than independent and living with community. And so I just think it's a really important aspect of our Christian walk um, is to serve. So. Yeah. Okay. I have a quick question for you before we let Sarah introduce herself. When Great. you were teaching, were you yeah. also serving in kids ministry? Ah, great question. I was, um, but I specified, I taught first grade and I asked to uh, serve in really young children. So like nice. one-year-olds was my room. So I just yeah. had, I didn't differentiate. They had a kindergarten room and I said, maybe not, please. Um, <laughs> just for a break. So, and it was good. I loved getting to just have a different, um, different context of kids. So yeah. it was good. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, Sarah, your turn. Why don't you introduce, introduce yourself and tell us about why you like serving in yes. the local church? Um, so my name is Sarah. I have been in Colorado since 06. Um, like Lindsay, we came from the same previous church um, in Texas, and that's where I plugged into serving. So for me, I came to faith at 10, um, and I just re- recall like church camps, um, just being involved in Sunday schools and those leaders being a really big influence in my faith, in my upbringing. So why not with my gift of signalness? I think the Lord has just called me into this type of ministry, Um, just being able to serve alongside others. um, It's kind of my way of networking and making friends, as well as pouring into the lives of these Mm -hmm. kids that, you know, often don't have the gospel taught in their homes or what they're being discipled at school and things like that. So how can I come alongside them and, and show them that God loves them and just hopefully that they will come to Christ at an early age, hopefully. Um, and if not remember those times. And I mean, nothing's better than having the kids like run up to you in the lobby at church and just like hug your neck. Um, for me, it's just such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We love to hear fun stories about why volunteers choose to serve and Mm -hmm. how they end up sticking around and serving for a long time. And it's always fun to hear those stories. So thanks for sharing. So, We already talked about how the kids' ministry relationship with the volunteers is crucial, right? Sundays cannot happen without a team of volunteers. And I'm sure you guys have served alongside and underneath a handful of different kids' ministry leaders as job transitions, as new leaders come in, and as you guys continue to serve in these church environments. To kind of like take a step back almost before we get into the weeds about what it looks like to be a volunteer, I would love for you guys to share like what are some qualities or attributes that you admire in a kids ministry leader as you guys are following them and hearing vision from them? What are some things that stick out to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, uh, there's a lot of things that are helpful, but uh, I think some of the high points for me are a leader that's a clear communicator, um, somebody who both is able to share the vision of like what they want this ministry to be about, um, the why um, and the heart of it. I think that's really helpful to have communicated, but also just expectations of me as a volunteer. Like what what do I need to do to make this a success, to pour into these kids the best, to be the best support for both you and um, those that we're serving um, that side of communication, but I think the other side is like that they're available to hear and like to have feedback mm-hmm. and, and it could just even be for like their, their presence. Um, I think that's a big thing of just being in the hallways and like available to say, Hey, how's it going? Like it doesn't have to be a 20 minute conversation, just their presence and availability, I think is a really helpful um, thing to have. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's 100%. great. Sarah, what about I'll you? Echo that. I mean, those are a lot <laughs> of the things that I thought of too. Um, I also think they're just real people, right? Like I love a leader that can mm-hmm. banter, that can laugh, that can just be <laughs> just like us. Like I think sometimes we go into ministry yeah. and we put these people on a pedestal and like they don't, oh, they're not walking in sin or whatever the case may be. And like stuff happens. And like to be vulnerable, I think is huge and say, hey, I need yeah. prayer in this or I'm walking through this. Like they are just mm-hmm. like we are. And I think that relationship just, uh, bind so well together when they're just raw and honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point because sometimes I don't know if this is like volunteer initiated or kids ministry leader initiated, but sometimes Mm -hmm. there's this barrier of like, well, I can't share what I'm actually going through because I'm technically like your leader. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that's why I'm like, I wonder, I wonder where that came from or like who kind of puts up that barrier because there is this reality that like we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, you are leading this ministry and I get to serve alongside you and serve underneath you. And that's great. But like, first and foremost, like we are a church family and I want to care for you and, and light. And that same goes for volunteers. Like volunteers share things with the kids ministry leader because they want to feel cared by the family of God. And so I don't know, that's just interesting, an interesting thought. And I think mm-hmm. that's a good observation that you made Sarah of like, we're all people and we all walk through hard things. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that and, and not, and just lower the barrier a little bit to, because there could be some sweet friendships that come out of that relationship, which kind of leads me into my next question of, as you think back over the years of being a volunteer, what does the relationship look like? What should this relation, what should this relationship look like? Talk about kind of, should it be more of a friendship or a mentorship or, and, and I'm sure these re- relationships have changed for you over the years when you started out serving you were a lot younger and maybe now like the kids ministry leader is younger than you and that changes the Mm -hmm. dynamic of things so like talk about think about your own relationships with the kids ministry leaders that you've worked with and think about like what has the relationship looked like over your experience go ahead Lynn. (laughs) yeah okay great yeah, I, I was thinking about what you're saying, Lauren, uh, just about friendship um, and being vulnerable. And I just wonder if, I wonder if some of the leaders just don't have the capacity to feel that, like, think about the church that we came from before, it was really huge. Mm-hmm. And to have that kind of vulnerability with every volunteer. Totally. Like, I mean, I cannot imagine, even if I wasn't leading, to do that. Like, that just sounds exhausting. Yeah. And so I wonder if there is a barrier, but not of like, don't talk to me, but just like, I only have so much to give, you know? And so I think I go into a volunteering with, um, I don't have that expectation of like a deep friendship. Um, I, I welcome, I welcome the brother sister relationship. Like you mm-hmm. are my brother sister. Um, I'm going to invest in you. Like I would any other church member, any other Christian, because you're valuable, any other person really, cause you're valuable. Um, yeah. and so I want to treat them like a person and realize they're going to make mistakes and, give them grace and forgiveness and give them encouragement and that kind of thing. But I'm not expecting like, let's go hang out three times a week. And right. how come you didn't share uh, this? You're having a stressful day. Why won't you tell me why? You know, like there's just a capacity that they have that I think we need to just be aware of as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the way we can serve them. 
um, hey, do you want to talk about it? If not, that's great. Like, yeah. do you need a listening ear? Awesome. If that's too stressful for you, like, how can I just serve you? Um, I think that's really helpful. Um, as far as like, they're the leader. And so you have this mentorship idea of, I look up to them, they're mentoring me. And I've, I've had that for sure. And I still have that to a degree um, when I'm serving, because in this specific area that I'm serving in, they probably are more of an expert than I am. Like they at least have a better grasp on what they want this to look like than maybe I do coming mm-hmm. into it. And so I want to learn from them. Um, and that could be, it could just be a big learning, like through training or through um, a, a large group environment, but it could also just be like, hey, thanks for that word of encouragement or thanks for just yeah. seeing what I'm doing and calling me up to do more things like that. Um, and just the, avail- the, the availability. Um, like I was talking about presence, I think if they are available for those conversations, I think that can establish a relationship of just trust and confidence. And it doesn't have to be best friends all the time, but it could just be like, I value who you are and I want to hear what you have to say. And I also want to encourage you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's great. That's really helpful. Sarah, what do you think about when you think about this relationship? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think it's both. Um, For me, it's been different in each environment. So I've had two to three leaders in my time in ministry um, in this capacity. And I think the one prior to Lindsay's point, we came from a very large church um, and it was more just like clear expectations. Um, I could go to this person with anything, but I wasn't like grabbing coffee with them or, you know, talking to them too long. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I'm at now, I feel like I have more of that friendship aspect just because um, maybe the age, um, just kind of our life circumstances, just Mm. um, if they they have kids in ministry, so it kind of binds that relationship. And yeah, more from like, hey, how can I encourage you? How can I be praying for you? I think that's where I come Mm -hmm. from. Um, And if it's reciprocated back to me, fantastic. But I know, yeah, in a capacity where there's hundreds of volunteers, like, yeah, their time is, is limited and they're serving in multiple, you know, disciples or discipleships across mm-hmm. the church, right? So, um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. the expectation should be they're there to, you know, lead you and guide you and be there for any certain things that happen with a kiddo. Um, but if something forms out of that and blossoms, wonderful, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's great. Let's let's talk about a little bit more specifics. So as you think about the different leaders and different things for you as a volunteer, and we kind of touched on this a little bit about the training piece and making sure you guys have what you need when it comes to helping you succeed. And you might need to think back to like when you were first a volunteer, because you guys have been volunteering for a long time. And so you guys had kind of have the flow down of like, this is how it is a small, like, this is how I'm a small group leader. And this is how I teach large group and all those things. But like, think back to you as a new volunteer, what has helped you succeed as a volunteer in the kids ministry capacity? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, the first thing I thought of was, this is maybe not as specific as you want, but making it a joyful environment. <laughs> like, no, that's important. Um, yeah. When Sarah was talking about that earlier, just the laughter, I'm like, I wanted, I was more encouraged to serve in a place that I wanted to be in, you know, like yeah. that they didn't take themselves too seriously. They didn't, it wasn't like harsh. It wasn't boring. It was just like, everyone was enjoying themselves and there was laughter and fun. And that was important for me. 
Um, but especially early on, I think what was really important for me, who's very like type A, like I need to know the right way to do something is when I would have someone I was volunteering with that had done this before. And so being with someone who's experienced, um, like just being paired in a room with somebody who knew what was going on, it was so helpful. And then Mm -hmm. the weeks that I was in rooms where we were both new, I, I felt so lost. Um, cause I couldn't, the person, the minister that's leading can't be in my room the whole time with me and they have a lot of people they're serving. And so, um, I think having that, that source, uh, resource of information and just modeling how we do ministry here, I think was Mm -hmm. really helpful at the beginning. So, yeah, I want to zoom in on the joyful environment that you guys have both talked about Mm -hmm. is how do you create that? Yeah. That's a great I mean, question. you have to like kids. Um, like, if you don't like kids, you should not volunteer. Right. So let me put that out there. I think, I mean, it just right, right. It naturally should just exude off your face. Like, you should, I mean, yes, everybody has bad mm-hmm. days. You come in tired and weary to church. I get that. But, like, when you're back there, like, how cool is it that you can minister to a child that might accept Jesus? Like, that's mm-hmm. just awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if that's where your heart is it should just naturally flow out. I don't know. That's just, I'm just a joyful person predominantly all the time. So I try to be, <laughs> you um, are. but you know, so <laughs> I just think like, if you're back there, like you shouldn't be like Eeyore, you know, it should just be like, let's go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. about so that. Yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. I think about the ministers and just even the other volunteers that like helped establish that. And it was, they're just constantly pointing out the good. It was just like, mm. can you believe, let me just tell you the story about what just happened. It was so fun. Or like, this is a hilarious experience. Let's, let's talk about it together. Or again, yeah. not taking yourself too light, too seriously when this kid, you know, throws up all over you or, or whatever it is that is, could be disastrous and you hate this experience, but really yeah. it's just like, okay, here we go. Let's go round two. You know, we got this, I don't know, just the attitude going into it. I think both the volunteers mm-hmm. bring that as well as the ministers coming down of like how they respond to things and also what type of, of words they're speaking. Um, is it always complaining or is it always fun, enjoyable stories? Is it always um, here's do this, 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 or like, Hey, I saw that. That was awesome. Like let's celebrate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. I think when it comes to cultivating a joyful environment, sometimes it's hard to put words to that, but it is, it's, it's the laughing. It's the, mm-hmm. what I like to think is how can you create inside jokes with your people? <laughs> Whatever, like it's, but maybe it's a funny story or some, or a kid says something funny or you do something as a team together because those are the things that like months from now, you're gonna be like, remember that? Remember when we did that? Like, that was so yeah. funny. And then it's like, everyone's going to laugh and it's going to be a great time. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's how, you are communicating on Sunday mornings. And I, mm. a lot of kids ministry leaders can get stuck in like the deer in the headlights of like, oh my gosh, there's so much happening around me. And you kind of have to, mm. that like quick on your feet and being able to be a hundred percent with whoever you're standing in front of when there's like a bajillion other things mm. that can be going on in your world. It's like, no, I'm yeah. standing in front of Lindsay and Sarah and they are who I'm talking to right now. And then kind of, okay, now that conversation is over. I'm moving on to the next thing. And and so I think it's important to hear that the environment matters to yeah. volunteers. Um, and so that's just important. And I like what you guys had to say about what matters to you. Um, okay. Keep going about, how can 
a kids ministry leader help their volunteers succeed? So Sarah, does anything come to mind? And I think I have another question yeah. to ask you about that, but I'll let sure. Sarah share first. Um, I do like, so I'm very spontaneous and I have, you know, but I also like the structure. So like having the curriculum ahead of time, I'm a weirdo when I read it first, because I do want to be able to like, um, I'm a three. Okay. I just, I just have to know. Um, <laughs> But it's nice to know because then if there's something that like, oh my gosh, that Bible story might trigger this question because I serve in like nine and 10 year olds. So they are inquisitive. And so mm-hmm. I think depending on which age yep. range you have, things might come out of that Bible study that you need to kind of be prepared for. So I like to look at it ahead of time. Um, so I think that's one. Um, but yeah, it's got to be a balance. It's got to be, there's fun, there's grace because if something drops the ball, if there's not enough coloring sheets, okay, pivot, go grab something. Um, you know, having good markers and, I mean, this is trivial, but like enough drawing materials, like crayons, yes. um, markers and coloring pencils, like sometimes those are low and it makes it hard for the kids to draw when you have 29 kids. Um, so that's just something that... <laughs> and 10 pencils. Yeah. So just having like the resources ready but also having grace on the person that like there's other things going on and like maybe the colored pencil isn't right important right now. Um, your yep. presence with the child and teaching the lesson is what matters. So that is all secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My follow-up question to this is there's kind of like a couple different pieces that a volunteer plays on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. They are like the welcome committee. So they're making Mm -hmm. kids feel like they belong in a classroom. They are managing a classroom similar to how a school teacher would do it. Like just managing behaviors and helping kids stay on track or listen or follow along. And, but then there's uh, what's unique to a Sunday morning is there's the discipler piece Mm -hmm. is that not only are you welcoming kids, not only are you managing a classroom, but you are teaching them the gospel. And most people get really nervous when they're tasked with the job to share the gospel and teach Mm -hmm. kids about Jesus. How or what things, and maybe this wasn't from a kids ministry leader, but how have you been further equipped to talk about Jesus and to talk about maybe those odd stories. I mean, this is going to come out right as, but right before Easter and like between, between the Easter weekend, between Good Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, there's a lot of questions that can come up in kids ministry. And so Mm -hmm. how have you been equipped either from church leadership or kids ministry leaders specifically to handle those hard conversations and to Mm -hmm. actually be a good disciple who then disciples other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're hitting on something that I think is, it's like understood, but maybe not ever explicitly said or often explicitly said of Mm -hmm. like, as we're serving, we're pouring out and we need to be just as equally be poured into. And I think we get burnout a lot because we're just called to serve and serve and serve. And it's like, yes, it, it is important, but we're limited. And like, we need to be poured into um, in order to pour out. And so, I mean, our own time in the word is vital, but I also yeah. think like for me personally, I've just done a lot of Bible studies. I've done a lot of um, like a training program, literally um, to learn more about my faith and the story um, to be able to frame it in different contexts, specifically for kids or for adults mm-hmm. or for new believers or, um, and that type of training has been super helpful, but it's specifically in kids context. So I think this is at both churches I was at, 
they will put in the lessons, like exactly what you can say and you can just read it and that's okay. Like it's still the gospel, whether it's from your brain or from the paper, it's still true Mm -hmm. um, if it's the word. And so I think those, especially at the beginning of learning how to frame it in a six-year-old classroom versus a 10-year-old classroom, like it's just different. And so having that explicitly said was really helpful at the beginning. Yeah. That's good. So what about you for your age group teaching that like upper elementary age group? How have you been trained to ask those hard questions? Like clearly you're an all-star volunteer and you read the curriculum ahead of time and you're mm-hmm. thinking about these questions that may get asked. But how how what has helped you do that? Yeah, I mean, to Lindsay's point too, studies, um, theological classes, like the more that you can you know, read the word and just let it soak in the better. It, but it's just mm-hmm. like a simple, I mean, it's simple. Honestly, it's like, mm. I think I just go back to just attending church, like most of my life. And it's just really your center. I mean, just going through like, as, as <laughs> like cliche as yeah. that sounds, I've probably learned more sitting in the audience with the kids hearing the gospel mm every single Sunday. And I just take those nuggets Mm. and I'm like, we do hand motions. And like, I Mm. just remember that. So it's like the way it's portrayed coming down from the, the, you know, the leaders um, and flowing into the classrooms. I just like soak that up and then just execute it that way. So, I mean, yeah, I I, I know it's not simple, but it's that's helpful. I think if someone, if a kid was like, Miss Sarah, I want to accept Christ. Like, I can do it. It might be clunky because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, let's go. Um, but like, you know, I think I could, I think I could do it, um, with this many years under my belt. And it's just like, just soaking in from all aspects of what the church offers. So it's like anything that you can make the time for that the church offers, do it, just do as Mm -hmm. much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, helpful. And I think, can I oh, go ahead, Lindsay. No, yes. I was just going to say, uh, in addition to that, I think thinking about the kind of questions that you would get in your age group versus, you know, I've done younger usually. Um, I think it's just really helpful to hear as a volunteer. It's okay to say, I don't know. Like to mm-hmm. tell the kids, I don't know the answer to that. Let's go find out or let's go pull somebody else in or like, let me go look, uh, look at the word this week and I'll get back to you next week. And like, I just think modeling that for kids just to say, hey, these are really good questions you're asking. And just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that it's the wrong question or that you're not equipped yeah. or that the Lord's not good. Like, I just think that's important, especially in volunteering for the first time of, I, I don't know the answer to everything and that's okay. You know? So, yeah. I, for sure. I often yeah, do that. that happened, I'm like, go ask uh, <laughs> I've done that. I literally, <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't ask me, go ask faster. <laughs> yes. That happened to me. I mean, as a parent and like a kids ministry leader, mm-hmm. I had, I was picking up my daughter from the three-year-old classroom and you guys know my daughter. Uh, and the volunteer was like, uh, she asked a question and I don't know how to answer it. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds like yep. her. <laughs> so it's like very, very on brand. The question was about the Trinity. And so I'm like, Perfect. okay, let's talk about it. Like, let's go home and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's good to, for the kids ministry leader to hear that, you guys have been encouraged, not just from kids ministry leaders, but from church leadership to participate yeah. in discipleship spaces. Sure. And and I love what you said, Lindsay, about how it's kind of assumed, but maybe not explicitly 
given them as a given to them as a task of mm. like, hey, you are discipling these kids. And in order to prevent burnout, I mean, so many kids ministry leaders are like, oh, my volunteers are burnt out. My volunteers are burnt, burnt out. And it's like, okay, let's take an assessment on who's pouring into these volunteers so that they can continue to pour out. Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder. It doesn't have to be just the kids ministry leader. I mean, you guys have been poured into from leaders inside the church and outside the church and outside of kids ministry and in multiple different ministry areas. And it's okay for that to be the case. So the kid, so the kids ministry leader shouldn't be hearing, Oh, well I have to now pour into all of my volunteers. It's no, 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 no. You encourage them and resource them Mm -hmm. with other opportunities to be poured into. And sometimes that's from the kids ministry leader and sometimes it's not, and that's okay. So I think that was really great and really helpful. Okay, we're going to get to a fun question. We're going to talk about appreciation. Because mm. this is a huge part about kids ministry leaders and feeling appreciated. And and everybody feels appreciated different ways. Some people want gifts and some people want words of encouragement. And some people would just like to be left alone and they don't need anybody's encouragement because they <laughs> offer themselves their own encouragement. Um, but as you think about celebrations that you've been to or appreciation events that you've been to what for you as a volunteer what has been some of your favorite things over the years or an event that you got invited to or way that a kids ministry leader has appreciated you yeah there's lots of ways um and different ways depending on the size of your ministry for sure Mm -hmm. um i think when I think of my favorite way, and this is, again, there's some personal aspect to of what I, how I receive appreciation, um, but our um, volunteers were given a dinner, and they, A, it's food, so that's always a good thing. Um, B, yep. it gave us a chance to actually intermingle with other volunteers, because when you're in the classrooms, like, you know those one or two really well, and then you leave. And so it was a really cool opportunity to actually get to, to meet with them, and that in and of itself was encouraging. Um, mm-hmm. And then during the dinner, you know, the uh, leaders would just offer words of encouragement, different verses. We got to sing together. Like, it was just a really sweet time. Um, and while it does take time to commit to an extra thing like that, it it was more yeah. filling than exhausting. And um, that was one of my favorite things that they've done. Um, words of encouragement are always good, just little notes. Every once in a while, don't expect it. But it's just kind of a nice surprise when you get it every once in a while. So. Yeah. It's like, I see you and you've been yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? What's been one of your favorites? Exactly what I have in my imagination. <laughs> and we were probably there together. So great. Um, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. That was, that is what like came to my mind first um, when you asked that question. It's just, yeah, I, I don't really need stuff. We have lots of cups and mugs and things and it's nice, but you know, it does pile up in the cabinet. So I mean, do I love, do mm-hmm. I love a new shirt? Sure. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I do. I don't mind a shirt, but yeah, going back to Lindsay's point, I vividly remember just fellowshipping with other leaders and a big table, like of eight or 10 people just sharing mm-hmm. stories, hearing from not just the kids minister, but the entire staff, you know, coming up on the stage to mm-hmm. just you know, share moments of reflection, share appreciation, um, handwritten notes to, yeah. I mean, everything that Lindsay said that I, is the way that I loved getting the appreciation to. Yeah, that's good. So what we're hearing is no more mugs. (laughs) 
I mean, maybe sometimes mugs if they're like really cool and cute and they have a good logo on yeah. it. You know, maybe. Oh but. yeah. Everyone wants a good <laughs> yeah. branded I, mug. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see yeah. I'd like to see maybe like a journal or a leadership book, like a discipleship book. I, I I'm a re- I'm oh, a yeah. reader. I like to read. I like to, you know, not everyone does. I get that. But yeah, I mean, a journal and a piece of dark chocolate. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listeners out there to get Sarah right, yeah. a gift, My a journal and a piece of dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay. As you think about engaging with a kids ministry leader and... Is there is there a space in the kids ministry where you want to be asked your opinion? Mm. Like, is there ever a time where you were like, oh, I wish that I could have spoken into this or I wish mm. that my voice could have been heard just a little bit more um, in this decision or for this event? Is there any, has there anything been like that that has happened where you just wish that you would have been asked a question? Mm. I can't think of anything as far as like a large uh, church decision or a large ministry mm-hmm. decision necessarily. I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective from being a teacher. Um, I, <laughs> I sometimes will wish that I could help other volunteers with like classroom management or yeah. I just feel like I have things to offer in that area that mm-hmm. others may not um, just as they have things that I don't have. And so I think there have been times where I thought, hey, if they could have like polled or asked a few people like, hey, do you guys have any suggestions or would you mind like working in the room with them today and just kind of modeling some things for them? I think that Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have offered that and nobody ever asked. And it feels like I'm like kind of sounds prideful in a sense, but I just feel like I'm thinking of the church as a whole and like we all have different strengths and different backgrounds. And if we could, we could use the strengths of each of our volunteers to better the whole why wouldn't we do that? You know? And so I think sometimes it's, I'm I'm sure it's hard to like manage all of that and like figure out who you'd even ask. But I think that is more of a situation I've felt than the big picture for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything specific, but maybe like an offshoot of that could be, you know, send a survey as the church grows. And hopefully that's happening in Mm. these ministries is, you know, send something out. That's like, what are your gifts? Do you want to move age ranges. I don't know. I've been doing the same mm, age yeah. range for three years. I love it. But do what I feel comfortable enough to be like, mm, I, I want to move to kindergarten. I don't know. Maybe people don't feel comfortable. So maybe like something that's like, where do you feel like the Lord's calling you? What age? What gifts can you offer? Because maybe yeah. not everyone wants to do the same thing week to week to week to week. So just putting that yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. And I think, um, I'm curious what you guys think about this kind of theory, I guess, of sometimes kids ministry leaders may think asking something else of volunteers may feel like it's a burden. Okay. Or like, oh, I'm going to put something, I'm going to ask them to do something else. And this is kind of like maybe alongside the lines of if you've been asked to fill in last minute or different things come up and you're like, Oh, we don't have enough volunteers. Would you jump into the classroom? And, and sometimes there's just this tension of like, Oh, I don't want to ask them to do something else. Mm -hmm. 
And there's the fine balance that kids ministry leaders kind of have to walk of like, well, we don't have enough volunteers or we need to fill this spot. This person served last week and I'm going to ask them to do it again. And kind of along the lines of asking people that are gifted in certain areas, in my opinion, as like now I'm a volunteer, I'm like, oh, you're asking me about something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Give me two hours and yeah. like I'll fill all of those two hours talking about them. Um, but for you guys, like speak to how you feel in terms of like scheduling and when you get asked to serve last minute and like what are some things that come to mind when maybe you're filling in for a, a person or you're filling a hole. And I mean, you guys probably have been a part of churches that have experienced seasons where there's not enough people and there's not enough volunteers always <laughs> every like, time all seasons I, I guess i just these awesome churches, exactly but <laughs> yes yeah so like kind of as a volunteer perspective how does that make you feel or like what is kind of running through your mind when do you feel that tension of there's not enough volunteers and I keep getting pulled into the classroom and I really just want to have a Sunday off. And like, what is that balance for volunteers and what would be helpful for kids ministry leaders to know as they're asking people Mm -hmm. to serve and, and as, as they're kind of walking this fine line of, I don't want to burden them, but we need people in the classroom and just that weird tension. Yeah, that's, that's a really hard tension. And I think, I don't know that it ever goes away because of... Probably not. Yeah, it's just the, the nature of it. Um, I think to what you were alluding to, when I'm asked to do something that I'm passionate about or I feel like I have an affinity towards, like I want to say yes, and I will say mm-hmm. yes in any way that I can um, because not only do I enjoy it, but I feel like it just benefits more people. Um, yeah. And and so in those areas, I think it does help to get to know your volunteers, to know where their strengths are um, so that you can ask them to do that. Um, but in the same vein, I think it's it's a setting um, an environment where they can say no and not feel guilty. Um, yeah, and and that's a really hard thing to establish. That takes relationship, and that takes time. That takes setting up the expectation of giving them an out always of like, hey, we need this, but I have other options if you can't, and it's okay. Like, don't feel yeah. obligated. I'm just letting you know the need in case you can step in. Um, yeah, and and if I feel like I really get that option. I I want to say yes as much as possible, but I've said no before. Um, Mm. There was a season, I usually serve every week, but there was a season I needed to serve every other week. Like I just, I couldn't do it. It was too much. I needed some time during the week um, to just process. And so I asked for that and they said, no problem, you know, but then I'm back and ready to go and can do it whenever, you know, I'm available on the weekend. So um, yeah, I think setting the environment is really helpful as well. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Sarah? What comes yeah, to mind? I'd echo that too. Just, um, I mean, this happened to me like a couple of weeks ago, someone was out and they asked me to step in and yeah, I'm like, a yes, I want to do it because I love doing it. And I know that it, it's hard for them. You know, they probably are like, Oh crud, what am I going to do? I don't have enough people. So you want to step into that. But on the flip side, there is that mm-hmm. again, going back to just grace and just knowing that hey, they might say no, what's my backup plan? So always having a few people in mind and not always relying on like your yes people because Mm. that can happen. And sometimes like when I first got into ministry, um, I felt like sometimes I would just feel guilty, like, oh gosh, I'm going to miss and I feel terrible. And 
Mm-hmm. Now it's coming from a different posture of like, I don't want to miss because this is where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's like yeah. that balance um, for sure. But yeah, I, I've been lucky and blessed to have leaders that extend that out. And I felt that, but I, I'll be really transparent right now too. It's like, sometimes it is hard, like for people that do serve weekly. And I know our lives look different than some people. Like, again, I'm single. I don't have children. Like, this is my calling, I feel like, from the Lord. So it's different. But there are times where I look around a church of a pretty big size and and they're not serving. And it it is, it's hard. Mm. It's sometimes like, yeah, I mean, even once a week would really help out our, our, our yeah. <laughs> I'm serving three times. I don't know what you're Once a week. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I do seven days a week, but once a week would be fine. <laughs> so, I mean... Just as a volunteer and knowing, you know, I know people serve in different capacities of the church. I get that. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that they should always serve in kids ministry because not everyone's heart is in kids ministry. And honestly, if you don't have a heart for kids ministry, I mean, you got to have a heart for kids. Like it's just, it's it's got to be there or it shows. So, but sometimes it is frustrating and maybe the, the ministry leaders are feeling the same way. Like I know we can have more volunteers and they don't want to be like, every week just pounding, like, come on, you got to volunteer because yeah, it does. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it, it, it it comes off in a way, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have a heart for it. So I think people can step in maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about what you're saying with that, Sarah, of just like, not everybody can serve or step up in different seasons, but I think something that's helped me um, always feel more freedom to say yes. Um, is the expectation that's been set of like the most important thing is just your presence. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to come in and be an expert and like give this high energy. I'm a high energy person. I go crazy when I'm in front of the kids, but that is not like required of me in the sense that like your presence and just your, your being with those kids, that's what we're expecting. And so if you can just come and be in the room and love on these kids, like, you might not know the curriculum ahead of time. We're going to provide it for you. You might not have everything uh, eloquently said. That's okay. I would just want you to be there. Can you just be there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's it's not saying that you're just sitting in the room and not interacting, but right. just setting the bar at a, at a reasonable expectation that doesn't feel so overwhelming to say yes to, I think is helpful. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. Well, the last question we always ask is usually if you were talking to someone who was brand new into kids ministry, what would be your words of wisdom or advice? And I want to tweak it a little bit. So what would be your answer to if you were talking to someone who was brand new to leading a team of volunteers, and this Mm -hmm. obviously is specifically to kids ministry, but if you were talking to someone who was jumping into the role, who now had a team of 30 to 200 volunteers and they were managing them, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, make it fun. Um, I, I mean, I do think fun is a big part of it. Um, it's hard to do when you feel the weight of having to lead volunteers. I realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think getting to know your volunteers, inviting them in uh, to be co-laborers with you. I mean, they're your brothers and sisters. We all have the same goal. Like, here's what we're doing. How can we do this together? How can I support you? How can you invest more? Like, how can we do this together? I think is is a yeah. great foundation to lay. Um, and it helps you get to know them. And, and you do have more fun when you're with people you know. Um, yep. 
and and kind of what I was alluding to before, just your both our presence as volunteers, but the ministry leaders just presence. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't speak to it enough because I have been in environments with different leaders um, where I just didn't even know who the leader was. Like I hear their name and I think I think they're on the web page and I know that they're running this thing, but I, I have never talked to them before. I don't see them walking around. Yeah. They're in their office. Maybe they're in meetings all the time and they're super busy and that's understandable, but I didn't feel any kind of connection to them at all. And so therefore yeah. felt very lost in the environment. Um, and so just the presence of being around and um, being available, I think is really helpful. Yeah. yeah. That's great. What about you, Sarah? I mean, yeah, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, set a fun tone, um, clear communication. You know, if, you know, mm. I love getting text reminders or emails and like, I want to know, like, how are we growing? How can we pray for you? Like, mm. just give me anything mm. like that, um, that I can walk alongside you too. And, and again, just, yeah. just have grace, like know that it's not going to be perfect. It never will be perfect to glory and glory. So just, you know, just roll with it. There would be times that you're short because everyone got the stomach flu and it is what it is, right? So, uh, I mean, yep. so yeah, I think those would be a few, few of my things. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a good way to end of like, your volunteers do care. They do care about you as kids ministry leaders and they want to know how to pray for you and how to pray for the ministry. And so I think yes. that's great. You guys, thank you so much for being on this episode of the podcast. I'm so grateful for you. And it's fun to serve alongside you. It's fun. Yeah, same. Thank you. Friends, I hope you love that conversation with Lindsay and Sarah. I hope you got new insights on their experiences and what it felt like for them and what it feels like to be real life volunteers. Maybe you'll take some of these questions that I asked and turn around and ask your own team to get to know your team better and figure out new ways to lead them well. If you are learning new things and if you are implementing new strategies or new onboarding techniques or all sorts of things from either this podcast series or previous episodes, we would love to know. We would love to celebrate that with you. And so we would invite you to jump over to our socials at Kids Ministry Circle on both Instagram and Facebook and share those. We would love to see what you are learning and how you are continuing to improve your ministry on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. Also, if you are loving the Kids Ministry Circle podcast or this specific series, we would love for you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts because that's how these conversations reach new ears and continue to encourage and equip kids ministry leaders from all over. As always, we're so glad you're here and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.